This is Comic Shenanigans episode 363, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, April the 6th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, where we take a look at the uh, week's comics and review. Uh, this week, we're looking at the releases from Wednesday, April the 6th. We're recording this on the 13th, so already these comics seem so passe. Um, a lot of, actually, I, th- I think a lot of books actually came out last week. Um, I only got a chance to read, I think, about eight or nine of them. Um, so let's just jump right in. Uh, this episode, uh, I always say this, but this one is actually going to be a little bit faster than normal, I think. Uh, at least going in, I think so. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. Our next episode, you're really going to want to um, download that as soon as you can. That should be going up on the 15th of April. Uh, that's this Friday. It's our conversation with J.M. Uh, DiMatteis. It is uh, one of my favorite interviews I think I've done. He was just so interesting. Uh, the stories he told, He's a, I mean, he's a storyteller, obviously, by trade. But um, sometimes people are better writers than actually talking about their work and being able to articulate a story. But not, the, not in this case. He was... Uh, a great interview. Um, I'd love to have him back someday, but I think we only started to um, really crack the surface of some of his Spider-Man work, but there's just so much when you have someone who's been working in the industry for so long and has touched so many different characters and has had so many important runs, um, it's hard to you know, just go for half an hour, an hour, or whatever the case might be. We, I think we had him for an hour and 45 minutes, so it's not like it's a short podcast, but uh, I think at the end of that episode, you're going to want more, um, because he's just that kind of guy. He's, he's fascinating. Uh, He had a lot of really good stories to tell. Uh, So let's just jump into talking about our new stuff. Actually, I should say you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. Um, I think the audio quality should be a little bit better than normal now. Um, I was running an older computer before. I've now replaced my hardware. I have a brand new computer, which is Whispersoft, because the old one was so loud, I didn't even realize just how loud it was until now I'm not running it anymore, and I don't even remember the computer's on. It's so quiet. This must be what it's like for most people who aren't crazy and have a nine-year-old computer that's barely surviving. Anyways, I promise, let's get into comics. Now, the ones I did not get a chance to read, some of the highlights include uh, new issues of Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Bloodlines number one, new issue of Detective Comics, the 50th issue of Batgirl, um, let's see, the Justice League, uh, Dark Side War Special number one, the issues of Looney Tunes, new Suicide Squad, Superman, which is part of the Super League story, uh, another issue of Superman, the coming of the Superman, which I'm actually kind of digging. Um, I didn't think I'd like it, but I, I, the first two issues at least I liked. Uh, who knows about the third? Uh, we got uh, Wonder Woman Earth One hardcover came out. Um, if you, I will have a review of that up in the next week or so on... I believe it's cgmagazine.ca. It's a print magazine, but they also do online web reviews, etc. So I should be contributing a review of that shortly. Um, Next up, we've got... uh, well. The new issues of Mickey Mouse and Uncle Scrooge came out, as well as uh, Deadpool, Empress, Infinity Into Entity, uh, Invincible Iron Man, Scarlet Witch, Spider-Woman Alpha, um, which is uh, going to be interesting to see how that affects all the different books. Although, again, I haven't read this big, you know, kind of launching point yet, as well as Star Wars Poe Dameron number one. So what the hell did I get a chance to read, if that's everything I didn't get a chance to read? Uh, well, first up, we got Black Panther. I think this is a, a big debut. I think a lot of people are excited about this, um, which is nice, because I think sometimes he just doesn't... Black Panther doesn't get the, the um, I don't know, the, the hype machine that he deserves. Uh, it's written by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, artwork by Brian Stelfreeze. Um, 
it's it's reader new reader friendly, but at the same time, very much uh, built on current continuity. There's a lot of you know an exploration of what is really happening in current continuity. I'm excited to kind of see what's happening here. Um, what happened to Shuri? I don't even remember if it was ever discussed before. Um, this this feels like Black Black Panther. It's almost disarming though at times because it there's just almost so much going on um, and it's so mu- mired in current continuity that it's almost a detriment. But at the same time, it's also exciting uh, and definitely feels that they're going to take the character in a brand new direction. Um, and you know, it just it feels right. It doesn't nothing about this reads like oh that's not Black Panther. That's not what I'm used to. Uh, it just feels like it takes what's already there and what other writers have kind of put down in the past. And then naturally elevates. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think it was a very strong debut. Uh, next up is Black Widow number 2. This is by Chris Omni and Mark Wade. Um, they are just a, an amazing creative team. Um, the art on this is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the storytelling is very tight. Um, I mean, there's just this is just breathtaking. Uh, you get through the issue, and maybe not a lot actually happens, happens. Um, but there's just so much good here. Um, there's a lot of mood. It's um, it's just really, really well done. And I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. I don't even I don't even want to say anything about it. I just think it's worth reading because it's got some nice like kind of surprises and it's got a really good sense of tone and self. It knows what it wants to be and it wants to be a kick-ass Black Widow story. And that's exactly what we're getting. So it's an eight out of ten. Uh, next up is New Avengers number nine as part of the standoff storyline. Uh, I thought this was actually a pretty strong issue. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I think it had a lot of good stuff in it. Our work by Marcus Tone, I think it's a more uh, not. It's not as wild and over the top uh, artistic style as we've been getting recently on this book, um, but still very good. Uh, Al Ewing really writing a good story, um, seeing a natural extension of what we kind of saw last issue. No, less of the actual standoff itself here, though, and more of you know the American kaiju uh, going up against. Um, the basically the characters who were uh, left behind at AIM um, now that you know they've they've rescued uh, Rick Jones and now the American government isn't going to let that stand and neither is Shield. Um, I thought this was actually pretty solid. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Maybe not the strongest issue, but it definitely had a lot of good parts. And uh, I think anytime Rick Jones shows up, it's uh, it's just a little bit more enjoyable for some reason. Uh, next up is Old Man Logan number four. I'm of two minds on this. Overall, I did think it was enjoyable. It felt like it kind of ended the storyline a little bit too easily. Um, it's by Jeff Lemire. I work by Andrea Sorrentino. I thought the art was fantastic. And at times, I thought the maybe the um, the actual flow of the action wasn't as strong as it could have been. And again, I'm not liking how you know we have an old, old Steve Rogers. And they keep having him still being like active. Whereas, remember, when he first kind of introduced that version of the character... He was very much um, like on a cane, not able to walk on his own, and now he's just kind of doing shit. Uh, I just felt the storyline could have gone to more issues. I don't often say that, but I almost wanted to see more of him kind of roving around trying to do his own thing as opposed to kind of making the realizations he makes here. That being said, it's awesome to see, and I didn't even know that the X-Men had recovered the, the Logan statue, for lack of a better word, so I was kind of excited to see him kind of paying respects to himself. Um, but then it kind of just ends where we end up seeing the character uh, in Extraordinary X-Men, which is a little bit less interesting. 
because uh, I think everything in this book up until that point had been a lot more interesting than everything we've seen with the characters since uh, he's been an extraordinary. Uh, I'm going to give the issue a 7.5. It's still amazing artwork. I don't think it, I think it was a bit of a step down from previous issues, but it was still a very enjoyable read. Uh, next up is Spider-Man number three. Uh, this just felt like it, I don't know. I I want to like this, but it just didn't really work for me. Uh, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, artwork by Sarah Bacelli. Bacelli's artwork is gorgeous. There's just so many pages spent on, you know, uh, Miles' grandma and grounding him and taking his phone away and thinking he's on drugs and all this other stuff. And it just goes on so long. And then we get a brief moment with Kamala Khan um, coming and, and visiting uh, Miles. And that was really interesting and well-written and fun. But it just took way too long to get there. Um, we have, you know, the black cat. Eh, I still don't like her being villainous, but whatever, that is what it is. And then the introduction of Gold Balls at the end, I did not see it coming, so that's kind of exciting um, that to see Bendis you know, use one of those characters because I feel like most of those characters are kind of being forgotten already uh, from his Uncanny X-Men run. But overall, I'm going to give this issue a six. I just thought the story slowed down, and I didn't really feel myself all that invested, to be honest. Uh, next up is Spider-Man 2099, number nine. Uh, this was really interesting, really good. Um, it's by Peter David and Will Sliney or Sliney. Um, we got to see a rematch against Man Mark Man Mountain Marco. Um, Spider Man is really brutal with him. Uh, we see him kind of confronting uh, Tempest's mom and figuring out things he never knew and never even could have realized. Um, there's actually a lot more going on here, and I thought it was a, kind of a nice surprise. It wasn't necessarily what I expected. Uh, Peter David remains, you know, a great writer, writing, and he really has a solid sensibility of who Miguel is and how he wants to, to write him. And uh, maybe we'll see a little bit less angry of Miguel in the future, but it's interesting to kind of see him being pushed and, you know, letting himself go in directions which you wouldn't normally see a Spider-Man-ish character. Uh, next up, we have Uncanny Avengers number 8, um, which just felt a l- like it took a long time to get going. Written by Jerry Dugan, artwork by Ryan Stegman. Um, I like the overall concept that, you know, the Unity Squad and the all new, all different Avengers have been, uh, you know, basically brainwashed by um, Kobik into forgetting who they are. And slowly it's up to road to kind of wake everyone up and try to figure out what to do next. Um, and then by the end of the issue, I just felt like it could have been half an issue, not a full issue. I mean, Dugan does a great job and Stegman... His artwork is on point. It just felt like the storyline went on longer in an issue than it needed to, and it could have probably, again, been half of the length. Um, I did like the idea that it was Rogue who did it. I liked that she, the, the idea that you know she's had all this training in terms of warding off mental attacks. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. I think it was ah screw it. I'm being a bit stingy. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it was a solid. It was a solid read. Um, I think it could have been shorter, or we could have had. This could have been half an issue, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it is a good issue. Uh, next up is Uncanny X-Men, and this is issue number six. It's part of the, uh, the Apocalypse Wars tie-in or storyline that's crisscrossed in the different books. Um, the main story is called Awakening by Colin Bunn and Ken Lashley. And then the backup is Going Public by Colin Bunn and Paco Medina. Um, I really dug this. Um, I mean... I just thought there was just a lot of good stuff to be found here. Um, we're finally getting an exploration more into um, what exactly was go- is going on with Angel. 
um, which I thought was really cool, and set in Green Ridge, Colorado. Um, the storyline with kind of Sabretooth and Callisto I thought was really earned as well and very interesting. Um, I like seeing the fact channel somewhere else besides Silk. Um, cause that's usually where we see that. I like that people are kind of wondering what the hell's going on with Magneto, and we get kind of these flashes of all the different characters wondering about it. I thought Zorn and Magneto having a tete-a-tete was actually really fascinating. Um, I, I, I'm really enjoying Uncanny X-Men. I think Colin Bunn's doing a great book, great uh, concept. I know some people are maybe bothered by the name because they're not really X-Men. They're more like X-Force, but who the fuck cares about a name? I mean, sometimes we have to let go of certain things and just enjoy a book for a book. If you took the title off of it, I don't care what it's called. It could be called Magneto and His Funky Friends. It's still a good book. Um, and last but definitely not least is The Vision number 6. And good God, this is such a fantastic book. It's by Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Um, this issue is horrific and upsetting. And, you know, the the, the dog dying, I, that was upsetting. And the, the man just wanted to find his dog. And what Vision does and basically gives his family a dog. Like, this is fucked up. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really understand the ending. Like, who is that supposed to be? But otherwise, this issue is fantastic. Um, it remains an amazing book. If you haven't tried it, you really should. It is, it is fucked, but it is so well fucked. Um, it's just, uh, it's just something else. It's a different type of book. Uh, I've never, I don't know if I've ever really read a book like this. Um, and it, it has visceral reactions. Like it really makes you feel something, which is impressive as well. Um, anyways, that's everything I had a chance to read. Uh, let's talk about books I didn't get a chance to read. Sorry, I already did that. Strike that from the record. Upcoming books, so stuff that came out as of a, as of the date I record this and speak, and of, as of the day this episode goes up, um, a bunch of new comics have been released, including the Batman Europa hardcover, a uh, new chapter of uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five, a uh, new chapter of Super League and Batman Superman, the uh, new issue of Gotham Academy, the Green Lantern by Jeff Jones Omnibus, I can't remember which volume that is, I think it's volume three. Uh, Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion, number four. Uh, let's see what else. We got uh, the Robin War hardcover. I had steer clear. I don't think it was that great. Superman, The Men of Tomorrow, True Paperback. I'm not even sure what the, exactly that's supposed to be. Uh, Back to the Future cover gallery. That's an interesting uh, idea for a book. Uh, we've got, uh, let's, let's see, Walt Disney Comics and Stories, 730. Um, over at Image, there's an issue of Drifter, Deadly Class, Citizen Jack, Black Road Number One. Uh, we got the Manhattan Project Trade Paperback Volume Six uh, coming out, which uh, was a good book, uh, definitely. And then a shit ton of Marvel books, including A Fours, Agents of Shield, all new, all different Avengers, all new Inhumans, uh, all new. Um, let's see, all new as uh, an all new X Men, all new X Men, Amazing Spider Man. Uh, let's see, uh, Captain America, 75th Anniversary Magazine, um, let's see, Darth Vader, Gardens of the Galaxy, Gwenpool, number one, ugh, Hercules, number six, Illuminati, number six, Mockingbird, number two, um, tons of stuff, uh, what else we got, uh, Sin Moon Knight, number one, Red Wolf, number five, Silver Surfer, Spider-Gwen, uh, Spidey, Star Wars Special C-3PO, the Thanos Infinity Finale OGN hardcover, uh, the first trade paperback of Uncanny Avengers is out, uh, new issues of Web Warriors, Weird World, and X-Men 92. Holy crap, that is a ton of content. Uh, so that's just uh, everything, or most of the stuff that's coming out this past week, or this week, I should say. Um, 
So our next episode, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is episode 364, which is our conversation with J.M. DiMatteis. It is a fantastic episode. You'll have to check that out. Uh, upcoming episodes, we're going to have one with David Michelini in a couple weeks, or it might even be next week. Uh, an episode with Joshua Hale-Fialkov and Joe Infuriani. Um, we have a, we're working on scheduling for Dan Abnett, and then there's a ton of stuff that we're working on for, uh, for May recordings as well. Um, at some point, some of the interview uh, episodes might become a little bit few and far farther between as uh, my work schedule is changing. And I'm not going to have the um, – right now I have every other Monday I off, so I have business hours that I can basically – talk to these creators so that may not be possible in the future so that might be a little bit harder to schedule some of these interviews so we're trying to get some good ones in while we still can so anyways that is all for this episode of comic shenanigans you can email as i said you can email us at comic shenanigans at gmail.com like us on facebook read and review us on itunes subscribe to us on itunes and you can also listen to us on stitcher thanks again and we will catch you next time Bye bye